Welcome, I am Jessica Vest with the President's Podcast at Austin Community College here with our President CEO, Dr. Richard Rhodes. Hi, Dr. Rhodes. How are you today? I am doing well. It is great to be back, ready for the spring 2019 semester. We are off and running. We are, and we have a lot of good work going on at ACC, really when it comes to serving our students. That's really the focus of our podcast today. And we have an amazing team of guests with us this morning. I'd like to introduce Dr. Willie Martinez, Dr. Virginia Friday, and Dr. Ruth Reinhardt joining us in this conversation. Thank you for having us. It's a pleasure to be here. Dr. Rhodes, this has been a strong initiative for you to really focus on elevating the success opportunities for our students. Yeah, you know, this, this is a great time. And, and let me first say that uh, these are superstars. And so it, it's great to have them on the President's Podcast to talk about uh, the importance of student affairs and, and the services that we provide to our students. Uh, you know, we keep with the theme of innovation plus collaboration equals transformation, and ACC is serious about transforming this community through education and training. And what are all of the support services necessary that every single student who walks in the door, who anticipates or has a dream of coming to ACC and getting a higher education, how can we provide the right environment for them to be successful and achieve their dreams and actually go out into the workforce or transfer to the, to the university that they want to? So critical, critical components um, along the way to make that transformation uh, of every single individual. And it, you know, it starts with just the, the heart and the passion to make a difference and, and to actually implement changes and opportunities and look for opportunities and ways that we can help our students. But you know, one of the things that's critical is, is you've got to understand your students. The way to do that is through the utilization of data, taking a look at uh, you know, where are our students, where do they come from, um, you know, what skill sets do they have, and, and how can we then help them, you know, what are, how many kids do they have, you know, how many hours are they working, you know, what is their life situation that may get in the way, what's their financial situation that can get in the way, so how do we provide the right uh, environment to allow them to succeed. And then we've got to look at the way that we deliver services, and uh, we're constantly looking at ways that we can improve. Uh, and change and alter because, you know, our, our community is changing. You know, if you take a look, go back uh, 10 years ago, unemployment rates in the Austin area were somewhere around between 7 and 8%. Right. Uh, today it's under 3%. So, you know, the life situations, the working situations are changing dramatically. Uh, and so how do we anticipate that uh, and do the, uh, you know, the the preemptive analytics uh, to make sure that we can address that. Absolutely, and, and I think that's a key. It's about evolving as our community evolves. And the team here with us today really symbolizes the evolution of student affairs at ACC. It does. It, you know, and uh, we'll have Willie talk a little bit about, you know, what, so how do we use data uh, when we take a look at how we serve our students better and, and what, what are we looking at and how do we utilize that data uh, that, say, 10 years ago, we weren't. Yeah, when I, you said it best earlier, and uh, with the analytics is how do we look into that to try to find out who are these students, uh, who really needs tutoring, who needs uh, child care of some sorts, who needs uh, food support, 
who needs advising, who needs counseling, who needs so many different things. There's different subgroups. Now we're doing a much better job of paying attention. And then by paying attention, we can find out who these students are and try to say, hey, did you know that we have this available? Because we have so many wonderful things available. Unfortunately, not enough people know that they're there. So one of the things that we've really been pushing also is communication and, and communicating all these services and letting people know and marketing it out there and making them aware uh, so that more people can take advantage. Because it's only useful as how much more the students are taking advantage of it. As we've grown, uh, our services have grown, our population has grown, and we just have to do a much better job of paying attention to all the nuances of it all and then doing a good job of trying to find those subgroups again and helping them out as much as we can. Right. And, you know, and Guided Pathways has really changed uh, also not only the delivery of instruction uh, and how we get interest, students interested in, in pathways, career pathways, mm -hmm. um, but it changes how we help them. And Virginia, I don't know if you want to talk about that for a while. Absolutely. I mean, I have, I'm, I, I have had the pleasure to serve as vice president of student affairs for the last four years. And I want to pick up on something that you shared earlier, Dr. Rhodes, and that is that the institution is really transforming. It's in, a, in, a, it's in motion and it's evolving to meet the needs of today's students. And we are really working to serve the post-traditional student and the student who uh, may not have otherwise had opportunities to pursue an education. And the advent of Guided Pathways really um, was the impetus for a lot of, I mean, we've always been in motion. This is an institution that has always been on the leading edge of, of, of innovation and partnerships. Uh, but I think that over the last four years, uh, when we, uh, uh, under Dr. Rhodes' leadership, um, adopted the Guided Pathways framework, uh, that's when I really uh, saw this big transformative uh, change. Um, and, um, and there's, for, for me, what that means is that uh, Guided Pathways really requires us to look at our structure. Um, in order to do Guided Pathways uh, right, uh, you cannot continue to operate with the yesteryear's organizational structure. So there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of uh, changes within student affairs to really get ready uh, to be more proactive in our communication, to be, uh, to use data uh, more intentionally. And uh, it also requires us to look at process. And, and I'd like to speak about advising here because in yesteryear, we used to, we used to look at advising as sort of a prescriptive role that an advisor would have. And, and today, uh, that has really changed. And we're really looking at, at advising being more about coaching and case managing and teaching. And that's a big shift from the process that we used to have. Uh, and third, um, Guided Pathways also requires us to really have what I call an attitudinal change um, because it really requires us to put students in the center of everything we do. And not that in the past we haven't done that, but with this framework, you have to do it really intentionally. You, you take a look at uh, the history of higher education and uh, and how we are transforming, and especially at ACC in the community college uh, world. And you look at some of, the, some of the changes in the delivery of academic services, and how does that then impact the services, that the, the wraparound support services that are necessary. 
And so just, a, you know, a couple of examples. So it, it was just about five years ago that we made a, a movement towards competency-based delivery of, of some of our coursework. That has a direct impact on whether we talk about financial aid or, or the, the, you know, the tutoring uh, talk, but, you know, online tutoring, whatever it is, it, it has a direct impact on how we help our students be successful. Or you, you take a look at, uh, you know, when we opened up the accelerator, you know, so uh, while it's competency-based, it is also very one-on-one, um, -on -one, individualized uh, assistance in helping students move forward. And so taking a look at, you know, as we make changes in guided pathways and as we take a look at uh, different delivery mechanisms such as hybrid, such as distance delivery, such as competency-based, how does that impact the way that we help our students through the services that we provide, the wraparound services that we provide? Um, so. I agree, and I think that the advisors, our advisors are doing a great job at having those communications with students. Before it was very transactional. Now they really take the time to sit with students and ask them those questions, how many, how many hours do you work, do you have family? And then that way the advisors can really um, refer them to the resources we have throughout the college, the accelerator, the tutoring, um, support serv other support services that we have, if they're having food insecurities and things of that nature. So I feel that uh, students are really developing relationships with their advisors and we're seeing an impact and um, I think that gives a great uh, attitude adjustment for our advisors. They are really proud of the work that they're doing. Uh, they love having those relationships with students. Uh, we are doing um, different communications with students now where we do nudges. We nudge them when they're doing, you know, mid-semester, when it's registration time, that, you know, you're doing really great, it's midterms. So giving that support to students really is making a difference and they're seeing that and they're seeing the importance of the changes that we're doing to better the student. Yes, and, and I, I would add that in, in student affairs, I, I like to sort of divide the, the, the big scope of support services that we offer to students because it's a very large group of, uh, a very large suite of, of services that we offer. But I often, I often distinguish the different support services in, in three areas. One is there's a lot of, there's a lot of work going around, a lot of redesign in, in the kind of academic support that we're providing, whether it's academic tutoring, it's supplemental instruction, it's academic coaching. And then we also have the social support resources, all of the wraparound services that in many cases, um, Quite frankly, we have not. Uh, we're building. Uh, we're building the that that suite of services, the 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 support for students who are experiencing food insecurity, the support for students who might be experiencing challenges with uh, daycare or uh, textbooks. Uh, those are the services that we're really ramping up. And then we also have the more traditional support services that we have always had in. In, in higher education, advising and counseling and, and um, uh, support services for, for people with, with students with disabilities. But even in those areas, in all those three different areas, uh, what we've been doing with this incredible team that I have uh, is we have really been looking at how do we best meet the needs of students today. And so every part of those support services has really, is really going through, through sort of a metamorphosis of really trying to redesign for what students need today. And um, 
And so not only is the suite of services expanding, but the modality. Going back to what you were sh uh, sharing, Dr. Rhodes, in terms of uh, expanding our modality of delivering instruction, we, we're having to do the same in, in student affairs. Uh, we can no longer continue to, to meet the demand of today's students by simply having a brick and mortar operation where students come to you. We have to go out to them. We have to do nudging campaigns. We have to um, case manage them. We have to assign them to somebody to really support them more intentionally. We have to provide online tutoring, online advising, telecounseling. And those are all new ways of delivering support services that are very different than what we've done in the past. You know, I want to reiterate what Ruth had said, I mean, and what Regina said, it really has been, Guided Pathways to me really has been about the building real relationships. You only build real relationships if you truly want to know what's going on in your life. And uh, that's what we've try, tried really hard to do with our students, but even within ourselves. And across academic affairs, across operations, uh, within ourselves again, because in the past we had all these things, but everyone was always working very siloed. That's something in higher education that you hear all the time. Yeah. We're siloed, we're siloed. Uh, guided Pathways has forced us, you know what, I can't do this by myself, I'm, we're going to need help and we need to work with each other and share all this information uh, and making it, number one, it's about the student and about their success and how do we share with each other everything that we're doing in order to help more of those students succeed. Yeah. Yeah. That's and a great piece I of the conversation because, you know, we talked about innovation and collaboration mm -hmm. uh, and a collaboration is not just external. ACC with external partners, collaboration is also internal. And so how do we work more closely together, uh, whether we're talking about academic and student affairs or we're talking about IT or we're talking about the business office, you know, because every single function in the college is, is interrelated and has an, a strong impact on the success of students. And so the close collaboration internally is just as important, if not more important, than the collaboration externally. Absolutely, and, and to put a sort of a finer point on what both you, Dr. Rhodes and, and, and Dr. Martinez are saying, is that um, guided pathways can be a really powerful framework, um, but it requires two key components, and that is personalization, as you were saying, and empathy for our students. And, um, and the way that that connects to collaboration is uh, and I'll give an example of what we have done recently, uh, uh, given your leadership, Dr. Rhodes, is we are really looking at how do we improve the student experience around the application process and the registration process. And so we, we um, put together a subcommittee of the cabinet that uh, really uh, went through the process, went through the application process, went through the registration process to really experience firsthand what is it that our students are experiencing. Mm -hmm. And that experience uh, was a really powerful experience. One, to build collaboration internally with my colleagues about the kind of challenges that we are facing as we're supporting students. Uh, but it also helped to really create the empathy that we need to have for our students um, to better support them. And, and so, 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 so you're right. I, the, the, the collaboration internally is, is, so, is so key, and sometimes we, sometimes we overlook that. 
You know, and the collaboration externally is important too. And that is, you know, you take a look at who are our partners outside, and there are a lot of partners. But you know, you might start with uh, K-12, so the, the schools, uh, public and private, and how do we integrate our, our services with them to help students who are in the pathway, you know, uh, and, and to make sure that they're ready for college and that when they get here, they're gonna be successful. And so what are the types of things that we, we do to assist in that vein? But also the students who come here and, and decide that they want to transfer to a university, you know, how do we ensure um, that uh, the credits they take with us are going to transfer? And so a lot of a lot of advising, a lot of counseling that goes on there, or those students that are going to go directly into the workforce. Right. And so um, you know, how do we help them through career counseling, career advising, to make sure that they're ready for that next step on their journey into the workforce? And, and it's a key piece of this is how you do that because it means working with K-12, with university partners, with business and industry, with other nonprofits uh, to make sure that, uh, that we're all together and this is a collaborative effort within the community. For a community college. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely, collaboration with foundations and businesses. I mean, that's how we're able to leverage some of the resources uh, uh, to do some of the innovative work that we're doing. I mean, we secured some pretty significant external uh, support from, from, from an external entity to really help support the redesign around advising. Uh, we've also secured funding uh, from another external resource to uh, really look at holistic advising and really study um, uh, whether there's an impact between students who go straight who 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 go straight into uh, only developmental courses or who are who are students who are paired with a developmental course and in a college credit course and found some really positive uh, results uh, for doing the latter and so the collaborations are key to 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 our work and it's also an opportunity for you to learn from the external community right. uh, whether you're partnering with local entities or you're partnering at the state level or at the national level that knowledge and that learning that you're bringing really helps to um, fine-tune our craft that we're that we're trying to refine here on, on behalf right. of students uh, is key. One of the other areas that we did receive external funding for is, you know, students, uh, life happens to students and financially mm -hmm. they run into an issue. So uh, the college was fortunate enough to, to receive some funding to look at emergency aid oh. and how, how, what a difference that makes in student persistence and success. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, it, uh, in our approach around emergency aid is really changing. Change. We, we, we had a very um, kind of like, let's not tell anybody that we have an emergency aid program uh, to let's tell the world because our students need access to it. And, and it really uh, required us to forge some partnerships with uh, local foundations to get some funding with our own uh, college foundation, foundation yeah. who also, uh, that also supports our, our efforts with the city of Austin, who's also contributing to build our emergency aid uh, program. Uh, and so it's, uh, we're, we're seeing some real, some real impact because of the collaboration. Uh, we're serving students who really are are, um, are, can use the help. Right. And emergency aid, for a lot of people that don't know, I mean, it really is to help with life. Life happens, that right. car breaks down, I can't pay 
electricity, I can't pay this, I can't pay this, this just happened, I need help with this. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's small, sometimes it's a little bit bigger, but it's literally an emergency in life. And uh, a lot of people historically haven't known for whatever reason that, because we've been doing it for a long time, we've done it for years, yeah. almost since it opened, yeah. uh, since they see open that we've had some sort of uh, additional emergency aid help. But now it's getting more people out there and letting them know, you know, before you say, I'm going to stop out, I'm not going to finish, I'm going to put my dream on hold, you know, come talk to somebody, right. come talk to somebody in student right. affairs mm -hmm. and say, you know, can you do something to help me? This situation happened. And more times than not, the answer is yes, we can help. And can and that little gesture, that little support might be the thing that pushes them past that finish line. Absolutely. It's going to change their life. And to speak to that, we were talking about redesigning. We even redesigned how we, um, the, that whole application process. We, they looked at it and we redesigned it to make it more efficient for students and not so overwhelming for them. And I think that has really increased the, um, the and then the relationship that um, they have with their advisor. They're, they have those conversations and they can walk them through it and it's a lot easier process for students. And, you know, I think sometimes students get overwhelmed just with life in itself and, and it's difficult just to say, I need some help. And I think those relationships, when, you know, advisors are talking to them, when the counselors are talking to them, it really opens up that opportunity that they feel comfortable to say, I need some help. I you talk absolutely. about conversations, and mm -hmm. I, I want to go to that because I think that is an important facet that is easily overlooked at times, that it's mm -hmm. not just about um, looking at what we think students may need, right. but talking to them and understanding. The data helps as well, fill in the gaps. But Ruth, you and your team really get that opportunity to work front, front line with those students and, and have those conversations and discussions and truly find what that hold or, or struggle is. Yeah, and, they, and I think, you know, with the redesign of how with the a holistic advising and the coaching a training that they received, they were a little overwhelmed at first, to be honest, but now they really see the benefit and probably would not ever go back to what we were doing before. It was real, just really transactional. Now they're having relationships with students. Um, you know, they know, because we're working with faculty now, instruction, you know, they're needing assistance. They know who exactly to refer them in, in the, on the instruction side. So they are getting the wraparound support services from students because they're having those conversations. They're opening that door for students to say, you can talk to me, I'm here to help you. Um, you can shoot me an email, you can, you know, all the modalities to be where the students are, what's most convenient. You know, we extended our hours to be um, where the students need it because people work during the day and, you know, then some students don't, can't, don't get off at five, so we extended our hours to help students. We're here till seven. And so I think all the changes that we've done to really help students to know that we really want you to succeed. We want to provide all the services that you need to be successful. And I think overall in student affairs, we've really, you know, we're working, we're continually improving. We're adjusting, and um, I think it'll always continue to adjust as our students, you know, have different life challenges and things. So I think we're doing a great job, but we have a lot of work to still to do. Uh, but I think just students knowing that we're here to support them is is everything to them. So what are those next steps? How do you continue evolving? So uh, we we continue to learn every day um, in terms of of, of next steps. Uh, is just making sure that we are able to sustain the momentum mm -hmm. uh, because a lot of the work that we have touched on is really transformative and it really requires uh, a lot of leadership and a lot of support to be able to sustain uh, this level of, 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 of transformation. 
because what we're doing is we're not just simply creating boutique programs for like a little emergency program or a little bit of childcare or a little bit of this. We are really creating change at scale and we are measuring at scale uh, to really make sure that we, at the end of all this work, we are ensuring that its students come to get what they signed up to get, which is a credential that pays a living wage and that has market value. That's what, at the end of the day, that's what this work is about. And, um, and so we will continue to do um, what we need to do to ensure that, 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 that we meet that, that end goal. Um, you know, also I, I wanna add to um, analytics in the context of higher education and the mm -hmm. context that we've implemented here at ACC. You really have to keep in mind that when we look at data and the way that we've set up this group, we're looking at data points, but we have to understand that every data point is a student story. Right. And understanding that student story means actually following up. And uh, again, I mentioned the Bureau of Real Relationships, asking them the questions, finding out more. You have a data point, it tells you so much, but yeah, actually working with the students and finding out what is that life situation and then working to figure out how to help. That's a way we've implemented. It's not just about data for the sake of data. And data is not just about numbers, not quantitative, there's a big qualitative piece, and that big qualitative piece is every individual stories. And the reality is we're a very large organization, you know, serving 70,000 plus students a year, 40,000 at any given time. That means that the different combinations of groups, of different supports, of different stories, it takes a lot of work <coughs> to comb through that and try to understand what's going on so that we know where to divvy up all our supports. Makes a lot of sense. I've got to give a plug for our foundation too, because one of one of the aspects, you know, uh, they just celebrated giving awarding over a million dollars in scholarships mm -hmm. during this past year, and you know sometimes we think, um, you know, that just helps people that are already going to college. Uh, no, it's it's a difference maker um, okay. because many of those students will not be able to go to college without that investment, uh, personal investment from the foundation. And so it, uh, it truly does make a, a difference. And it's the collaboration between then the foundation and our financial aid office. Who, who, who are the students who really need uh, help in being able to, to move forward? And then having the students um, and the services going back to the foundation so they feel even more encouraged to help more. And so it's that cross, you know, it's that communication, it's that relationship between um, you know, our financial aid office, between our students, between the foundation, and other supporters throughout the community that makes that difference. You know, and one of the things that we, we've talked about too is the demographics of our students are changing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you go back 10 years ago, we were not a Hispanic serving institution. Uh, today we are. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, fastest growing uh, segment of our population, Hispanic Latino students. And so how does that make a difference in the way that we look at the services that we provide? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think we have to uh, constantly be really serving um, to, to, to close the equity gaps. And, and we know that in some areas, uh, especially when, when it comes to serving uh, Latinos or Hispanics or African American students, that there are some areas for for great opportunity uh, for us to to really uh, improve. And 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 as we continue with this work that we're doing, 
uh, we now have the data that tells us where we need to hone in, mm -hmm. rather than sort of having this, you know, approach where you try to catch everyone and you catch nobody and you don't have any impact. Um, today, uh, because of the intentional uh, data gathering and analytics that, that, that we're gathering in the interventions that we are putting out there, we are checking to see what's the impact. I mean, we can get to a granular level uh, on the impact of uh, the accelerator on Latino students, on African-American students, and you were going to find that overall uh, that, that, that uh, incredible facility uh, is, is, is having a significant, um, uh, making a significant difference in a student's uh, ability to persist from one semester to the next. Overall, it's 6%. Um, at, at a, and, you know, that's serving a pretty significant number of students. I mean, you, uh, you can, you, Willie has those, those data memorized, uh, <laughs> like the back of his, uh, of the back of his hand. So, you know, feel free to, to add. Uh, but the same thing applies in, with tutoring. Um, we can see whether tutoring, our tutoring interventions are serving our, our students who are least likely to persist. And, and, and if not, we know who they are and we know how to reach out and serve them. You know, with any equity discussion or initiative that we're trying to do, you have to be very intentional. Right. Intentional on in how you analyze, intentional on in how you implement, and inten really intentional on in how you just pay attention to what's going on. And too many times, we, our mind always jumps into the race, gender, and that's very important because that's uh, front and center. That is probably one of the most important things when you're talking about equity. But at the same time, and I've mentioned it before, that subgroup analysis, we're not, I mean, we're talking about veterans. We're talking about people that are struggling to succeed. We're talking about all these other life circumstances and trying to do a better job uh, from an equitable perspective of seeing where are you and what do you need? Not everybody needs tutoring, but some people really need it. Mm -hmm. Not everybody needs to feel like they have to go to student life and be fully engaged, but everybody benefits. The statistics show that everybody uh, has double digits likelihood to persist if you attended our student life events. That's wonderful because uh, it's showing engagement. Engagement is good for everybody. It can't hurt anybody, right? right? And the data shows that it doesn't. Uh, but from the lens of that things are changing, our demographics are changing. Yeah, uh, we've gone from 25% Hispanic seven, eight years ago to 37% Hispanic, and that's gonna continue to grow. Uh, we'll eventually hit 50% uh, in the Central Texas region because that's where the Central Texas region is changing demographics. That's important because that means that we need to pay attention to our success rates by different demographics because we, we're still closing the gaps the statewide initiative of closing the gaps helped inch along and close somewhat those gaps. 60 by 30 is trying to really close those gaps and is much more ambitious. But the reality is that we do have to meet that goal. And if we don't meet that goal, and if we don't pay attention to the, the changing uh, Hispanic population, the large gap in the black population success rates, then all of a sudden, simple math, you're going to do some numbers and it's you're not going to reach your goal. It's just gonna, at some point you're going to see a uh why right. willie's you, willie's yeah. using his hands yeah but, sorry uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so a, lot, a lot is riding on how we target support services for our 
minority populations. One of the things that we have not touched on that I think would be good for Ruth to speak about is uh, the incredible work that's going around uh, the redesign of counseling. Yes, so uh, we um, embarked on redesigning our counseling unit. Um, so we broke it down into three specialties. Um, we have clinical counseling, because a lot of our students do have a lot of mental health issues. Um, when I first started at ACC, I'll just go back a little bit. Um, the modality was we don't do any you know, any type of counseling for students, but as our students have changed, the needs of our students have changed, we have come to realize that a lot of our students do need help um, and don't have access to that, so we're providing that service to students. Um, and then we also have um, our career counselors who are working with students um, who might, who, you know, may, maybe for example, vet, a, a veteran who's needing to uh, reintegrate into, into the workforce, they will help a veteran kind of do that kind of thing. And then we have our completion counselors. So these are really critical because these are the folks that are really working with our students to finish their degree or credential. Um, because before, you know, we had the data of how many students had 45 hours and no credential, and how can we get them to the finish line? And then that kind of evolves into what's keeping you from reaching your goal? How can we help you? And it's those conversations that we have to have with students to help them get their credentials so they can make that minimum wage, you know, that living wage. Um, so that's good. And then we're also, uh, now we are hiring some uh, complete uh, success coaches. And those success coaches are gonna help with, um, we were, just had this meeting the other day on analytics and our, our cohort of students, and they're gonna follow a cohort of students from beginning to the end. And so they can kind of keep on their track to got to graduate on time within three years. So we're doing a lot. So we're using a lot of data to make decisions on um, who sees, who, you know, who sees an advisor, who sees a completion counselor, who sees a success coach. Um, we're using the data. So how how can we help um, our graduation rates go up, students succeed and complete their goal? And if it's transfer, we also have a great transfer and career team that uh, we're actually going to have a um, a career center at. Uh, at our Highland campus, and uh, where people they help with resume building, things of that nature. And, and Willie's team also actually helps with that as well in the accelerator uh, with uh, resumes and things of that nature. So we're really trying to capture everything that our students need to be successful, not only in school, but in life, so they can get great jobs and things of that nature. So we really are trying to wrap, really wrap the student around all the services so they can be successful. It is about being the difference makers um, and among the difference makers at ACC, as you mentioned, Dr. Rhodes. So um, it's it's an ongoing and continuous journey and one that, in the end, is designed to help all students find that success. It is. You know, and I might add one other thing, and that, you know, we talk about equity and inclusion and how important it is to us here at ACC. And it, you know, it starts with a commitment. Uh, and what you've heard from our three guests here, is it also means that you have to be very intentional. You have to be passionate about it. You have to be very intentional. And as a result, it, be it becomes the culture, is that we want to make sure that, that every student succeeds. But to do that, you've got to be very intentional about how you deliver services and how you help support them in where, wherever they are in their life situation. Uh, and so I just want to say thank you, congratulations. You all are doing an awesome job, an amazing job. And it is showing up in the data. It is showing up in the relationships that are being, that are transforming lives, our students and our community. And so, you know, I just want to say thank you because you three definitely are superstars and making a difference. 
Well, thank you, Dr. Rhodes, because I think that you have been incredibly supportive. Uh, some of this work has, has required a lot of support um, because we are like any other institution. Change is sometimes difficult, um, but uh, you have been a, a great champion for us. This has been the President's Podcast with Dr. Richard Rhodes at ACC. Thank you for listening in, and we will see you next time. Thank you.